The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. I think we just keep this going. All right. Um, I mentioned this off the top of the show. We've been talking, uh, you know, we talked about Decision Alberta. We talked about some election issues. We talked about cyberbullying and all the crap that you deal with on, on social media. Well, now we're going to talk about poop. Yes, I said it. The snow is almost gone. I'm going to tell you why we're going to talk about this, because I thought it was really interesting. The snow is almost gone. The rain's keeping down the dust a bit. Birds are singing and the smell of dog poop is in the air. And if you have dogs, you know the mess that you have to clean up in your backyard if you haven't been on it all winter. Uh, I was talking to the crew we had hired to pick up the mess left behind our dogs from our dogs this winter. And I was kind of wondering, like, what happens to it all? Where does it all go? And that answer might surprise you. Did you know that for nearly a decade, the city of Edmonton has been turning your dog turds into compost? And it's being sent off and it's being used on all sorts of different sites. Um, but I wanted to start with one of the country, uh, the companies who have been busy cleaning up backyards like mine this spring. Sabrina Halex joins me now. She's the owner and operator of Poop Scoop and Boogie. Hey, Sabrina. Hey, Jalen. How are you? I'm good. So you know what? Um, I've been using services like yours and different ones from around the city because there's a couple different ones out there. Yep. Uh, on and off for, I think, over a decade now. And I know some people are like, man, you're too lazy to do it yourself. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. But I want to know how to did you get into the business? Um, well, you know what? It's actually kind of a funny story. Um, my husband was in the labor union for many years, and we had our third daughter. Mm-hmm. And he was on paternity leave, and we wanted to start a business. And we were just, you know, thinking about what we wanted to do and brainstorming, and our kids were at the neighbor's house picking up dog poop, and she'd <laughs> pay him a dollar. <laughs> and so we thought, they came home, and they're like, Mom, we need more money. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, I will research this. Maybe we'll put some flyers up for you guys or, you know, like put an ad in Kijiji. I don't know. We were thinking about something. And then we kind of looked into it. And I thought, I told Corey, I said, you know what? I think this is actually kind of really viable business. And from that point on, we ran some numbers and we started the company. And so, yeah, you crunched some numbers. And how long have you been doing it now? Um, this November will be four years. Four years. Four years. Um, and, and you're busy? Oh, (laughs) unbelievably busy, actually. Um, You know, every year it just gets better and better and more and more. And yeah, it's been fantastic. We just, our first year was enough business to take us to both of us working the business without extra incomes and stuff. So we we support our family on this and other employees as well. So how many employees do you have now? Well, in regular season, we have one more and then my husband. Okay. And then um, spring, we usually have sometimes up to five to six. Yeah, okay. Um, but you're doing this, uh, it's it's your full-time gig, and uh, you're making a living off of this and doing well. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I, I watched the guys in my backyard <laughs> yesterday, and I mean, you know, I to be honest with you, it was written into um, the wedding vows with my husband. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that um, 
I would continue on with uh, a poo pickup service because I didn't want to do it. And mm-hmm. I understand that having part of the, you know, I did do it for a long time. I'm like, say, if I can pay someone to do this, I'm going to do it. You know, a for couple sure. times a week, whatever it was. It was kind of, it was written into the um, the, the the wedding oaths or whatever you want, the <laughs> wedding vows. Um, and unfortunately, my husband's like, well, uh, uh, no, we're not going to do this anymore. Yeah. And I, and of course, come spring cleanup, he's like, yes, we are doing this. That's for sure. There's no tricks to your job. It's rubber boots and gloves and a pail, isn't it? That is completely correct. Um, you know what? And the reason why we do that, we find it's the easiest to keep everything clean and sanitized. And also for the fact that when we're down there actually looking, um, we see a lot more than what most people would just see, you know, picking up with a little shovel or something like that, right? It's got to be kind of gross this time of year, though. <laughs> it is. It's very gruesome. And um, <laughs> you, def- you definitely have to have a little bit of a stomach um, and not just, you know, it's like any job, right? Many nurses, doctors do a lot of yeah gruesome work right and you just kind of get used to it and just go about it but i just have to mention this when he talks about the wedding vows (laughs) we have kind of a running joke that we've saved more marriages than most counselors (laughs) so you know (laughs) it doesn't surprise me that that was talked about no it it was and it's still brought up every time when he says you know when we haven't hired someone he says you're going to come help me and i'm like nope that was in the wedding vows. Like, sorry, just it's not happening. Um, so, how much are you picking up on a regular basis? Um, are you talking about springtime? Oh, well, I guess maybe. Weekly? Yeah, maybe you know, if you were to look right now, springtime. But over the year, do you, do you keep track of how many bags? Mm, we don't necessarily keep track, but um, I would say like we fill up one bucket per about three, four houses. Okay. So, and we do about 200 houses a week. So if you kind of, you do the math on those things, like uh, quite a large mass amount of poop. Did you know about the city's poo composting plan? No, actually when CPC approached me, that was the first time I'd found out about it. Yeah. Fantastic. I was so happy to hear that. Yeah, well, it's great to know that it's going somewhere, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is important. You know, you need to be cleaning up after your dogs and if you, for all sorts, and cats. And, and, if it's, and if it's not for, you know, just, you know, the, the, the pleasantness of sitting in your backyard without the waft of dog, you know, going over you, it's just, it's for the cleanliness because there are some problems. There can be diseases. There can be bugs. Yep, all of that sort sure. of stuff. I mean, it's important to remember that. That is definitely, and I think, you know what, that's one thing that we pride ourselves on, especially with being a very viable company, that those are all things that we definitely consider when we're doing our cleanup. I'm guessing you never thought when you were growing up, you know, when you were in high school, that this is what you'd be making your living at. (laughs) You know what, I always thought that I'd have a business. Okay. Um, Not necessarily picking up dog poop, (laughs) but you know what, like, you know, it's, yeah, I didn't necessarily think so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's worked out pretty good for you and Corey. Sure. Well, well yeah, done. Definitely. As Sabrina Halleck's joining us this afternoon, owner and operator Poop Scoop and Boogie. Um, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Well, thank you for having us. We really appreciate you. Take care. That's Sabrina. So the reason, one of the reasons I want to talk to Sabrina is because I wanted to get to the next part of this as well is because the city is doing something with all of that stuff. If you don't hire someone, that's fine. But if you're putting your dog messes, you know, the, the, whatever, whatever you clean up for your animals into a garbage bag, putting it at your curb, something's being done with it.
Let's find out what after this. You ain't nothing but a hound dog crying all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog crying all the time. Well, following the conversation that we just had, I want to tell you that for nearly a decade, the city of Edmonton has been turning dog poop into compost. That's about, there's about, they say about 150,000 dogs in the city. So there's a lot to process with the details of what they're doing, how it's happening, where's it going. We're joined by Jawad Farhad, the General Supervisor for Organic Processing and Management with the city of Edmonton. Welcome to the show. Hi, good afternoon. Thank well, you for having me. Yeah, well, thank you for, for joining us. So can you give us an idea of how much you're processing yearly, monthly? I don't know, however you keep track of it. Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, as you said, we have estimated uh, of 150,000 dogs in the city of Edmonton. And we believe that most of that uh, pet waste does make it to Edmonton Waste Management Center for processing and composting. As to exact tonnages, we, we are not quite sure of those exact tonnages, but uh, that is the uh, number of um, you know, uh, volumes that we're talking about. So are we supposed to be putting it in our garbage bag and leaving it at the, at the curb to be picked up, or should we be doing something else with it? So um, um, uh, currently, that is the uh, practice that okay. uh, that that is happening. But um, um, ideally, we you know we do want to we do want this material loose because we want to limit the number of single-use plastic that does make its way to us. So, if it's possible, you know, like uh, loose would be better for us. But um, 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 you know, this is maybe a good point as well to bring in our uh, card rollout, as you might be yeah. aware of. Well, Sierra Mountain has has got a card rollout program. So, uh, in that uh, program, we actually do prefer if it's unbagged and the content is put in the green bin. So, again, you know, limiting the single-use plastics and producing a, a much better quality material without. Uh, plastics. Yeah, so the green bins uh, is is being rolled out in in some areas right now. So we'll see what happens with that in in the coming months and that sort of stuff. So, can you tell us uh, when it comes to you in uh, in, a, in a big old plastic bag? How does it get sorted and separated? Yeah, sure. So um, um, generally, waste, including uh, organic fraction, makes its way to the Edmonton Waste Management Center, and there we have. Uh, uh, the bags actually are broken up by a mechanical bag breaker. Um, so this uh, this is a uh, large uh, piece of equipment. We have two of those with uh, spikes in them. And basically the spikes turn around and churn and they break the uh, bags apart. And the content of the bag falls into our conveyor system and, uh, and then is uh, sent to our integrated processing facility. Um, there is mechanically screened and the organic content is then sent to the Edmonton composting facility where the good stuff happens basically this uh, any organic content um goes through a whole uh, composting process so you know it's a it's an interesting facility it's uh, basically uh airtight and um and the negative air pressure so none of the odors escape the uh, the, um, the facility and um we it's also con- uh, temperature controlled as well and a lot of uh, um, um processing happens that basically makes this material safe so there's a there's a whole process of uh, uh, checks and balances, which which make which make sure that uh, the compost we produce is is safe uh, for general use. 
Okay, so I want to break this down a little bit. So once it gets torn open by the machine and it gets kind of separated and then it gets, uh, you know, all the organic material goes to the one place, it's not being sorted by hand. It's still all being done by a machine, right? Yeah, thankfully that is the case. It's all <laughs> mechanical. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to have to be paying more money for that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So when it goes um, to that, that final facility, you talk about it being airtight, and I think it was temperature controlled as well. How do you make certain that there's no disease in there, there's no bugs, that sort of thing? Pathogens, absolutely. Very good question, very good and valid question. So um, most of the municipality and composting uh, facilities in Canada are governed by strict uh, regulation, both federal and provisional. So one of them is called the CCME uh, guidelines, which are federal uh, regulation, and at the same time we have uh, um, Alberta environment uh, regulations as well. So a lot of this uh, basically calls uh, for certain procedures. So uh, it, it, it basically requires us to keep this uh, material um, for um, uh, 55 degrees for three consecutive days, mm. and that ensures that uh, the pathogens that you talked about are eliminated and uh, destroyed. Um, and then the material obviously stays there for much more longer to go through the active process because we we want to um, keep the material. Uh, you know the organic fraction in this facility for as long as possible during the active phase, and then once the active phase is uh, achieved, we then send it to an outdoor uh, composting cure site, and there the material, you know, is no longer uh, that odorous or yeah. you know causes causes any issues or, or problems. But even then, the material does stay for a considerable amount of time to achieve maturity. Um, but then, what happens is that. Uh, uh, we have um, um, trained and um, and uh, Pacific uh, lab technicians that go and take samples, and these samples are actually sent to a third-party independent lab, which does check for uh, pathogens and uh, E. coli, Simonella, a whole series of uh, you know uh, checks and balances mm-hmm. are done to make sure that this material is safe for uh, general use. Um, so yeah. Very well. Wow. So there's lots of checks and balances there, which is which For is sure. really great to know. Uh, great to to know. Is there a difference between um, what you do with with cat droppings and dog droppings? Yeah, so um, as, as, as I said, as part of a new program that we want to roll out, uh, what we want, what we are recommending is that uh, um, basically the uh, dog poo uh, goes into the green cart. And for the uh, cat litter, we wanted to go into the black uh, mm. cart still because there is still like uh, uh, certain pathogens that uh, you know we uh, you know well, it would be would be better if it if, if the cat litter does go actually to landfill. Unfortunately, because it is. Uh, a lot more uh, challenging uh, for a municipal uh, solid waste processing facility to deal with that. But yeah. uh, for dog poo, you know, um, you know, it's a normal practice, not only within Edmonton, but other municipalities, they do accept this thing. And, uh, uh, you know, we are quite confident that our processes can uh, uh, safely compost this, uh, this stream. Jawad Farhad, uh, the General Supervisor for Organic Processing and Management with the City of Edmonton, joining me this afternoon. So once it's all good to go and that compost is, you know, ready to be moved somewhere else, who is who is using this? Uh, where is it going to and uh, being used at right now? And is there possibility for it to be used in, you know, uh, Edmontonians' backyards? Is there is there a time where that might happen? Like if we needed some, we could go somewhere to, to this place and get some? 
Yeah, another very good question as well here. Um, so uh, basically right now, um, the uh, compost that we produce um, comes in co-mingled in the, in the uh, black garbage, or the organics come in co-mingled in the black garbage bag. So the compost we produce is mostly used for industrial applications. So uh, we do a lot of like mine reclamation, as you know, Alberta yeah. is the energy capital of Canada. A lot of uh, mining operations happens, whether it be oil, gas, or coal. And a lot of these mines do need to get reclaimed, and this is where we come in. We have actually supplied a lot of uh, um, of our product for these kind of projects of large-scale mine uh, reclamation, um, and uh, where this material is then used and mixed uh, with with soil, and uh, we, cre- we we reclaim a lot of like. Uh, um, a land where you know we bring the uh, flora and fauna back into the uh, into the uh, land. Well, who knew? Fascinating stuff. Thank you for uh, for telling us all about it this afternoon, Jawad. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.